Last time on Stone Cold Mysteries. So, he drowned? Yes. You can tell because of the fine white froth at the nose and mouth, and the discoloration of the skin. Also, he slightly bloated due to the water in his lungs. I would assume he bit the bullet last night. Charlie said that's when the police go home. Look at this symbol on the pin on his coat. That's the Goods family crest. His clothes say that he is probably a butler. It looks like he's clutching some cloth in his right hand, and his left hand is shut super tight. Shepard wrenches the victim's hands open to see black hairs in the left hand and a bonnet in his right. Looks like a maid's bonnet. Was Jonathan the butler here? Yes, Jonathan Bates. He's my brother. He was drowned in the wishing well in the middle of town. I think everyone hated him, except for Lady Daniel and Lady May. They might have figured out that my brother loved Lady Daniel. The butler loved the daughter of a noble? I take it the real man you love is Mr. Bates. We were going to elope tonight. My father, mother, and March hated him. I had to tell March that Bates was encroaching on his woman. How did you know she loved him? My husband told me he had found a love letter from the man in her bureau and a love letter from my daughter that wasn't quite finished. Do you have an alibi? I was with my husband all night. Although I was sleeping since nine last night, I was out cold for some reason. Felt very tired after I drank my evening tea and didn't wake up until this morning. Usually I'm quite restless. Something about Bates trying to steal Danielle. Like that would ever happen. You don't have anything else to say about the people in this house concerning Bates. None of us killed the butler. That silly little maid did, okay? All the evidence is there. Her hatred towards him, the constant threats that she would die, the bonnet. You do know that we never told you that a bonnet was at the scene of the crime. If you decide to accuse anyone but the real killer, I will make sure you rue the day you were ever born. Even you, little American, you aren't out of my reach. A part of me blames my parents in March. This trash can is all ashy. The bottom, that means something was burned. Look what I found underneath the table by the trash can. A little piece of paper with burned edges. It looks like it must have dropped off from the paper that was burned in the trash can. It says the words, Hello tomorrow night, with a dash and John afterwards. I wonder how it got down here. Wouldn't have been in a room. Lady Goods did say that Sir Goods looked around her room and found a love letter. Steele picks up a crumpled piece of paper over by the mattress that looks like it belongs to Patricia Bates. It's a letter from Jonathan Bates requesting an audience with Dan Goods to talk about Danielle. He says that they would take a walk. So why was this paper crumbled up by the maid's mattress? Why indeed, Shepard? This has cracked the murder wide open. We, we just, just solved, solved the case. case. Now we return to Stone and Steel claiming they have solved the mystery. Why don't you ever do that with Mum, Chief? Do you guys practice beforehand? Or do you just naturally come to the same conclusion and exclaim it together? Pish posh, Shepard. Knowing when he would speak would require a form of intimacy with a man that I would never want. It just so happens that it was a coincidence. You fill me to the brim with happiness, Stone. Oh, shut up. You know who did it, right? Yes, and so do you. So, who is it? Well, the murderer is male. So, either Dan Goods or Taylor March. Right, so you can guess who. Aw, come on, just tell us. No, I think this would be good for you two to come to the conclusion on your own. You both are smart enough. You just have to think. Why don't we go over everything about the two? Hey, Charlie? All right. I'll take about March. According to everything I heard from you guys, March was the arranged fiancé to Daniel Goods. He knew that Daniel liked Bates, so he engaged a fight with Bates to ward him off, but that's only the time he spoke or touched the butler. Instead of making Bates work at his butler, he made Daniel do it. He also had an alibi for the killing because he was at Stanford Company for a business transaction. Also, he has short black hair, not long black hair like we need. I don't think he's killed Bates, though. 
Now that you lay it all out, I'm sure you're right. Dan Goods must have done it. He wanted Danielle to marry nobility so the bloodline would stay clean. Any less would taint their reputation. He knew Danielle loved Bates because of the love letter he found. He burned it in the kitchen, right? No, that was some letter from Bates to Daniel to have her elope with him yesterday night. Right, uh, right. Uh, Bates and his daughter were going to be gone soon. So when Bates invited him to talk, Dan Good thought it would be the perfect time to kill the man that was upsetting his life and frame the maid who meant absolutely nothing to him. I bet they walked for a while before Goods got the bright idea to drown him in the will, losing some hair in the process. He placed the bonnet in his open hand and then tried to remove the hair from the other. So with that in mind, I think Dan Goods did it. Yeah, what Chief said. You should also know that he drugged his wife with sleeping pills so she wouldn't wake up and notice he was gone. But that was Stella, you two. Very well done. That's exactly what conclusion I came to. And you, Steele? I actually thought it was March. What? You can't be serious! <laughs> gotcha. You're insufferable. Let's get this show on the road, shall we? I would rather get out of this house sooner than later. Yeah, it's starting to feel like just as bad as how Bonnie described working in the factory. Sure, let's wrap this up quickly. Stone, Shepard, Charles, and Steele went back upstairs and gathered the suspects together. As they explained the murder to the people, tears fell and accusations flied. Finally, Dan Goods had no argument left in him as Stone and Steele backed him into a corner indefinitely. He confessed. Yes, I did it. But you don't understand. That butler was going to kidnap my daughter and throw her into a life of poverty and savagery. I had to save her. Besides, that wasn't even a man. It wasn't murder. That's enough. You murdered him, Father. At least own up to it. I thought you were cold and ruthless before, but I was wrong. Your belly trudges through the grime in the sewer. You are lower than snakes and more corrupt than rats. I am not your daughter anymore. You can't dictate my life. I hope you rot in prison for the rest of your life. Little recompense for what you've done to me. I guess it's a good time for me to tell you that I am no longer under the good's name either, father. I have fallen in love with a man and I plan to be wed whether you like it or not. I'm through with being under this family's oppressive thumb. May and Danielle hugged before turning the stone and the others. Thank you for freeing us from this life. We are forever in your debt. They leave without so much as another word. March, Shannon, and Dan stand in silence before March pipes up. <laughs> if I knew that woman was such a brazen wench, I never would have tried to marry into this family. I wasted several years of my life with murderers, rats, and ungrateful little women. I bid you adieu. He leaves as well. Dan looked at the others. I hope you are happy with the fact that you have ripped my family apart. When I get out of jail, I'm coming for your heads! That is, if you ever get out. They don't take murder lightly. And I don't listen to death threats from murderers. In my eyes, you are a pathetic excuse for a human being. Police officers take Dan Goods away, and Shannon Good leaves the room. So, what will happen to me? I don't suspect I have a job anymore. No, I wouldn't suspect you do. And I don't exactly know where you would find one around here. After this scandal, I don't think a soul in England won't know your name, and that isn't exactly a good thing. Um, don't worry about it, you guys. She's coming with me. She's what? She's coming with me. I'll take her to Camden with me to finish my job and 
then back to America. If she doesn't like working for me, then she can find a different job there. With my help, of course. At least there, no one will know her name. She can start a new life. You would do that for me? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's the least I can do for what you've been through today and for the past ten years. After your employer's jailed for murder, you're free. Thank you! Thank you! Bates runs up and hugs the detective. He looks surprised at first, but he returns it. I don't know what I could ever do to repay you all. No need. Justice pays for itself. That was a little corny, Stone. But she's right. Live your life the way you want. Yes. Now come on, Bates. It's time to go. You can call me Patricia. I don't mind. All right, Patricia. Shall we? I thought you wanted to stay. No, you guys were going to kick me onto the next train to Camden once we were done. I know you want me to stay, old man, but it's time to let go. <laughs> Steele and Bates leave the house, leaving Stone, Shepherd, and Charles alone. He's a curious man, that Steele is. Oh, he has the hots for Miss Bates. I'm just glad I get to sleep alone in my house again. You prefer to sleep alone? I prefer not to sleep in the same apartment building with another man. I hope it never happens again. Hmm. Okay. Wait, why do you want to know if I prefer to sleep alone? Hmm? What's that? Oh, I think I hear another murder, Shepard. Me being a death magnet and all. Stone grabs Charles's hand and leaves the building, having Shepard follow behind. Uh, Stone? There comes a time when you must look fancy without your wife's help. Or maybe it's a special night at a restaurant with a special someone and... You don't know anything about tying your accessory. That's why you need a clip-on bow tie. It hooks onto your collar and sits flush with your shirt and jacket that no one will know you cheated with a clip-on tie. Not only will you look dashing, but you can spend the extra time you would have wasted ambling with the tie to buy your date something extra that you know they will love. Every date requires a first impression. Don't let it be a bad one. Save your night with a clip-on bow tie. Well, it's a one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now. Go, cat, go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. Well, you can do anything but take over my blue suede shoe. Well, you can knock me down, step in my face, slander my name all over the place. Well, do anything that you want to do, but not, uh, honey, lay off the blue shoes and don't you step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything but lay over my blue suede shoes. Let's go, Ken! Drink my liquor from an old fruit jar Well, do anything that you want to do But, uh, uh, honey, lay off of my shoes And don't you step on my blue suede shoes Well, you can do anything But take me over my blue suede shoes Rock it! the money, little for the show, three to get ready now, go, 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 but don't you step on my blue suede shoes, 
Well, you can do anything but take the help of my blue suede shoes. Well, it's blue, blue, blue suede shoes. Blue, blue, blue suede shoes. Yeah! Blue, blue, blue suede shoes, baby. Blue, blue, blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything but take hope of my blue suede shoes. Unfortunately, the world isn't made up of 2020 vision, and for the poor and fortunate souls who need a little help, you need the best and the cleanest spectacles you can get. But no matter how hard you try, your glasses always seem to get dirty and cloud your vision, correct? Well, get yourself a pair of never dirty glasses. Our new glasses have a solution inside of them that keeps them clean forever. No dust, no dirt, no grime. No more looking through lenses that get dirty within minutes. So get yourself some never dirty glasses. See clearly, breathe freely. WCUG Cougar Radio presents the 14th episode of the radio drama Stone Cold Mysteries. Please pay attention for this show is interactive. It is January 30th, 1891 in the unsuspecting streets of London. It is 6 in the morning as the curious detective and carefree kid make their way to a house on the outskirts of town due to the disturbed police chief's call. It's been weeks since the last murder, and weeks since Steele has bothered the two in the early morning, so both Stone and Charles are a bit worried about Shepard's unnerved voice. As the two round the corner and walk up to the house, the air hangs thick with the feel of blood and the smell of death. Will Stone be surprised with another murder, or is there more to the call than meets the eye? Well, let's tune in and find out. Shepard notices Stone and Charles from afar and calls out to her. Hurry up, Stone. This isn't something to drag your feet about. Stone and Charles break out into a jog and quickly make it to the house. What's all the fuss that this couldn't wait till the sun arose? Look. The two look into the house to see a man in his living room, sat on a chair with his throat slit open and blood pooling at his feet. That's disturbing. Well, I'll go look at the body, I guess. Stone, wait. There's more to this. What, you've already looked at the body? Shepard, you know how I like to look at it myself. Otherwise, you wouldn't have called me in. Stone, listen to me. It's worse than you think. What could be worse than a murder? How about three? I was woken up this morning by one of the officers on night duty who claimed he saw a black-clad figure with white hair come out from a house and when he went inside the house, there was a man in a chair with his throat slit open. He greeted a woman who was in tears saying her husband's son had been murdered and guess what? The son was sitting in a chair in the other room with his throat slit open. The officer then saw the figure come from this house, so he went inside and there's what he saw. So not only is there three murders, there might be some kind of death-bringing specters. Then it wouldn't be murder, it would be the Grim Reaper. What kind of ghost slits people's throats? I don't know, but how do you explain the black-clad figure with white hair? A costume, Shepard. You don't really believe in ghosts, do you? No, But aren't you the one who said we have to keep an open mind to all possibilities of a case? Not that open. Point is, there's been three murders in one night, Stone. That's... Actually, sir, it's four. I decided to check the other house that's on the side of the outskirts of town, and another man was sitting in his chair with his throat slit. Great. Four murders now. This is definitely amusing. Are you telling me that four murders occurred within the bunch of houses that were on this side of town? Yes. The three that look like they were associated with each other. Yes, I believe they are. If my memory serves correct, the three houses out here are owned by the same family name, generation to generation. But I can't remember if that's true. We'll have to check. Actually, I had the officer check the names of the victims. 
He hasn't gotten back to me yet, though. Rowan's. The names. Right. It seems like the males who were killed are all generations within the same family. The grandfather, the uncle, the father, and then the son. The grandfather is Timothy Banks, and the uncle is Ferris Banks. The father is Garfield Banks, and the son is Rockford Banks. So, Rockford Banks was the first one to be killed, then? Yes, actually. How'd you know that? It was a hunch. You referred to the youngest of the family as being the son. He could have been the grandson or the nephew, but you said son. Also, the other names given all referred back to the son being the originator. That usually means he was the first to be killed. That was a bit of a gamble on your part, wasn't it, Stone? She always gambles, Chief. Yes, it was. But I took my chances. So what was the lineup of the murders? I know that the son was first, but who was next? The son was first, the father was second, the grandfather was third, and the uncle was last. I don't think the order was happenstance, though. Why is that? Because it seems to me that the murders occurred within the perimeters of ease. The son was first, then the father, then the grandfather, who we have here, and the uncle that was just found. They started at the father's house and then went down the line. So, what do you want to do? Well, I want to look at all the bodies and look around the areas of the murder. Is there a list of suspects? Yes. I talked a little to the wife of the dead father and got a list of people closest to the family. Gerald Fuller, the butler to the family, Dan Banks, Winry Banks, siblings of the dead son, Tammy Banks, the wife of the father, Sally Banks, the wife of the grandfather, Daisy Kitts, the fiancé to the son. Wonderful. Where are they? I actually had them all gather in the uncle's house. We can talk to them whenever you like. Impressive, Shepard. I'm glad we don't have to do unnecessary legwork. So what am I going to do? Yes, well, I would like you and the police officer here to go and question the two children while Shepard and I look at the bodies. We shouldn't take long, so we will reconvene with you two after we are done to question the others. If we don't make it back before you two are done with the kids, look around the house for any evidence. Yes, ma'am. That sounds good. Should we go now? I don't just pay you to stand around here waiting for an invitation. You're burning daylight, Rowans. He salutes to Shepard and heads off. Charles follows. See ya, Mum! Chief! Stone focuses on the body. So the poor grandfather here has his throat slit. Someone had it out for this family. Yes, the men at least. The murderer could have killed off the woman as well, but only stuck to the men. I suspect that the wives were in the same house when it happened. Yes, that's true. Also, none of the doors have false entry. So that means whoever did this had access to the houses. I suppose that's why all of the suspects are within the family, or almost within the family. Looks like the grandfather wasn't moved to the chair. He was already sitting here. There's a candle on the end table beside him, and a blood-soaked book in his hands. Lucky for the murderer, I suppose. He was focused on the book and didn't fight back. No, it doesn't seem like he did. Doesn't seem like there's anything else here that is weird. The throat was slit, and the victim died due to that wound. And he wasn't moved. So, does that mean we can go to the next house? Yes. Oh, wait. Look at this. Stone pulls a ripped piece of paper from underneath the man's arm. What's that? Looks like a page from a book. Most of the rest is indeterminate, seeing as this is only half of the page. What does that passage say? The unhappy customer was supposed to be polished off. Weird. Think it means something? Yes, I'm not sure what, though. And this passage is very familiar. I just can't seem to place my finger on it. Well, I'm sure you will, Stone. You always come to the correct conclusion eventually. Shall we go to the house of the son and father, the two other victims? Ah, yes. Lead the way. Shepard nods as they both leave the grandfather's house and make their way to the other house. 
Charles and the policeman are walking to the uncle's house. So, you're the guy who adopted Bonnie, right? Yes, I'm glad you remember. Bonnie's been wondering why you haven't come over to spend time with her. Well, I don't know where you live. Besides, I've spent time with her in the market and the streets with the other kids. Yes, she's mentioned that. But you should come and visit. She liked that. I'll give you my address once this is all over. So she's doing well, right? She likes you guys and all. Well, yes. She integrated quite nicely into the way of our family. She's in school and I believe she's enjoying that. Plus, she loves the freedom. Which reminds me, why aren't you in school? Oh, I am. Mom teaches me at home. She says that she does a lot better with teaching and real-life experiences are invaluable. Besides, I like tailing around on Mum's work. So I take it you want to be a detective? Well, I don't know. I know I'm pretty good at seeing things and investigating, but I'm not as good as Mum. I don't think I ever will be, but I like being a person of the law. I think that's a noble profession, especially since I get to save people. So if not a detective, what do you want to be? I don't know. I'll probably be a good police officer, and then someday I'll be a police chief. And I'll have a cute detective helping me with cases like Mom and Chief. (laughs) Well, she's in awe over what Stone does. I bet she would become a detective someday. So you think that Stone and Chief Shepard like each other? Most definitely. The romantic tension between the two is so thick you could cut it with a knife. The only thing is, they don't seem to notice it. Yes, I suppose I've seen glances they give each other. That certain scream, I love you. Was it that complicated with your wife? I don't know. Maybe it was. We got married a long time ago, though. You have to make sure you take it slow and make sure you both like each other. It's called courting. Hmm. Adult relationships are weird. Bonnie and I were easy. There's always exceptions to every rule, but it's time to drop it. We're at the uncle's house. It's now time to do our assigned duty. Right! Let's go find the kids! Stone and Shepard arrive at the father and son's house. They enter it. Well, this is a pretty big house. Stands to reason. This family was well off and there were a lot of them. Emphasis on the were. Apparently, the family had a lot more people living here until they moved away. So, where are the bodies? The son's body was found in his room on the far side of the house, the last room on the bottom floor. And the father's body was in the living room, which was on the far right of the house. The biggest room at the end of the hall. Whether that was convenient or inconvenient for the killer will depend on the bodies. I know that the wife was here during the murders. Where was she? From what I got out of her, before I sent her to the uncle's house, she was in her room, which is some room upstairs. Her daughter was in the bedroom upstairs as well. Okay. Please take me to the father's party then. I would like to start our investigation there. Fair enough. Follow me. Shepard takes Stone to the living room. By the fireplace is a man in a chair with his throat slit. I know this was already mentioned, but it seems like the killer has not strayed from the patterns of killing. You said that all the bodies had slit throats, and so far that's true. Yes. We can concur that it is the same person who killed these people. Or the same ghost. Right. What? Don't agree. You said it. It was a joke. Ghosts aren't real. Can you prove it? Open mind, Stone. Open mind. I'm literally speechless right now. You have rendered me speechless. Well, that's certainly the first. Stone glares at him before bringing her attention to the body. Looks like he was sitting here as well, reading a book when the killer slit his throat. This definitely has the fixings of a serial killer, Shepard. This killer is pretty vindictive towards men, don't you think? Indeed. But how can you make for certain that he wasn't moved when he was killed? Well, I believe all of the blood was spilled right here. You can see it pooling at his feet and no trail or anything. 
The killer could have cleaned it up, but I believe that they were on a time limit. Probably wouldn't have cleaned anything. Furthermore, there is blood splatter on the book pages and this end table he was sitting by. Certainly means he was sitting here and reading the book. Also, Stone moved towards the fireplace. I believe that this was being used. There's a substantial amount of ashes in here, which says that a few logs were burned completely through, and this place seems tidy enough that they would clean their fireplaces of ash after each use. That is true. I'll make sure to clean out my fireplace as well. The wood burns better, at least that's what I think. Well, you've convinced me anyhow. Is there any other things we should take note of? Well, no. But I think we should look for another piece of paper from the book. Like this one? Shepard removes a ripped piece of paper from behind the man as Stone comes over from the fireplace. Yes, what does it say? Well, from the legible letters and words it says, She left the place and proceeded to her sister's house as if she had not by any means committed two biological murders. Right on the money, don't you think? I mean, the father was the second death. Some of the sentences are heavily crossed out, though, so I believe that this is how the murderer wanted us to read it. Wait, give me that page. Stone takes the page from Shepard and looks at it. I can't believe it. No wonder this looks so familiar. What? You figured out what Penny Dreadful is? Yes, it's none other than The String of Pearls by Thomas Prescott Press. And that means, uh, what exactly? Shepard, your elusive spectre is none other than the cannibalistic serial killer Barber. Sweeney Todd! It's alright, honey. You've already done this before. Go ahead. Okay. Hello. My mommy says that everyone always likes homemade lemonade made with love by little kids like me. With sugar, lemons, water, and lots of love, my mommy has helped me make the best lemonade ever. I know you'll really like it. And mommy told me to tell you that it's only 10 cents at your local stores. What a steal! But, but, but don't, don't steal. Uh, just, just buy lemonade. Um, it's called Susie's Lemonade. That's me. It's so yummy! That good? That was beautiful, sweet. Yay! Try me!
Hello, folks. Need a bed, a chair, a dresser, a cabinet, a lamp, or a rug? Do you need help furnishing your new house or apartment? Then come to Corner Living. Here at Corner Living, we have everything that you could possibly need to furnish a house at an affordable price. And don't worry about appliances. We have those, too, from TVs to radios to toasters. Get everything you need from Corner Living. When you want to live right, come to Corner Living. What? Sweeney Todd is real? I remember hearing about it as a boy from my father, but I never thought... Shepard, he isn't real. Never was. It's just some tale to prey on the fears that people have. What's scarier than losing your life to something that should be safe, like a barber? Instead of shaving, he cuts throats for a living. Then he has his romantic interest bake the bodies into meat pies so that the public can eat them. Now that's scary. Yes, I remember the tale. You actually read the book? Yes, and it was a smart thing to do, I guess. At least for this series of murders. So, we have a Sweeney Todd wannabe on our hands. Seems like it. How strangely exciting. I don't think a psychotic serial killer is exciting. Not at first glance, but now the investigation will be more muddled, and in turn, a more satisfying puzzle to solve. Who but us will be able to say that we've solved four murders in a day and jailed a serial killer? Well, I suppose when you put it like that... That's the spirit, Shepard. Now let's look over the son's body. Sure. This way. Shepard and Stone go to the son's body. Charles and the police officer are inside the uncle's house. So, who are we questioning first, Mr. Rollins? Let's start with the girl, hmm? She was already in the father's house as her brother and father were killed. All right, I'll go get her. Remember, her name is Winry Banks. Charles goes to get Winry Banks. Soon the two come back down the stairs. Are you with this kid? I don't understand why I have to talk to the police or anything. I'm only a kid. My dad, brother, uncle and grandpa just got killed. They... they... Oh, oh gosh. They died. I'm not just any kid. I told you that. I'm with the police. For all intents and purposes, I suppose this is true. Miss Winry, I know that this must be terribly frightening and harsh for you, but you have to stay strong. We are here to ask you some questions and to find your family's killer. So if you want them caught, you'll walk with me? Yes. Um, okay, mister. What, what can I do? That's the spirit. Now, what were you doing when they were all killed? Uh, I was sleeping. In my room upstairs, not in this house, but where you found my father and brother. I'm I'm a pretty sound sleeper, so I slept until my mother came and got me. If only I had woken up, maybe they could still be alive. Or you would be dead as well. If the bad guy was out for blood, I don't think some girl could have stopped him. What's that supposed to mean, kid? I could hold my own, you know. I'm not just some girl. I could take you out with my eyes closed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'd like to see you try. Okay, okay. Can we settle down, you two? This is not the way to act. Charlie, you know better. Charles sticks his tongue out at her, and she sneers. I suppose it was bound to happen. What? Me seeing you act like a child. Okay, Winry, what happened when your mother woke you up? I ran to my brother's side to see if she was telling the truth. And she had... He was in his room, sitting in a chair, covered in blood. I was so sad. 
My mother tended to my dad and rushed to the police. Then I remember that my dad had been killed and I rushed to his side. Did you notice anything weird about either bodies or the room? I don't know, mister. I can't really remember half of what happened. I lost so many people today and cried so much. I have a headache. I think there was something weird about my brother's bed, but I couldn't tell you. I'm sorry. Really. It's okay. You were quite young. I don't expect you to be a detective, but your account still matters. How old are you anyway? (laughs) You never ask a lady for her age or her weight. That's what my mother told me. I don't see no lady. You stupid little boy. You take that back. Children. Seriously, this isn't the time for petty fights. And actually, Winry, I do need to know your age. If it's any consolation, the kid here is ten. I'm fourteen. Is there anything else you need to know? Do you know any idea who the killer could be? Obviously, someone who has a grudge against the men in our family. It's not like anyone else was killed last night. And what about your sibling? What about him? What's his story? Younger? Older? Where was he last night? I'm assuming he's a brother? Yes, I only have a little brother. He's 13 and just as silly as your kid over there. It seems that all little boys have to prove themselves when they meet a strong, smart, beautiful, tall lady like me. You sure have a big mouth for a stick. A stick? Yeah, lanky and weak. See what I mean, Mr. Policeman? He's just threatened by my figure and vibrancy. That's what my mother says. You two need to stop, or I'll send you back to Miss Stone, Charlie. Why are you only getting mad at me? She started it! Yes, well, I'm finishing it. No more fighting, you two. Now continue with the story. Well, my brother was at a friend's house last night, across town. Only my mother and I knew he was going over there, and father didn't care to know. He came back this morning after all the police showed up, and the four deaths. Does that help? Actually, yes. Extremely. Thank you very much, Winry. I'm glad I could help. Please catch my brother's killer. He was always so nice to me, even if he teased me sometimes. But he always loved me and brought me gifts. And my father, too. I loved him so much. I don't know how I'll live without him. Mother and Daisy are going to be so upset. Daisy? Oh, yes. My brother's fiance. She told me I could call her by her first name. I used to call her just Miss Kitts. But they were supposed to get married in two weeks. I did want a sister. Hmm, I see. Thank you very much. If you could tell your brother to come to us, that'd be wonderful. Sure thing, mister. Winry leaves to get her brother. Was all that really necessary? What? The insults. She bothered me. I don't like her. Are you sure about that? The only girl for me is Bonnie. Winry's just silly and mean and old. She's only 14. That's four years older than me. She's practically an adult. Ugh. Right. Stone and Shepard get to the son's body. Something is not right about this room. What? Besides the dead body in it? No. Something else. I can't put my finger on it yet, but there's something off about this room. You'll figure it out eventually. Let's take a look at what we do know, though, okay? Sure. I'll take a look at the body. You can check the scene, hmm? Sounds good. Shepard looks around as Stone checks the body. Slit throat again. The murderer stuck to this way of murder. Which is a good sign. A good sign for what? Definitely not for barbering, that's for sure. No, no. It's a good thing to know that the murders were done by the same fellow. Not that I think they weren't, but it's good to be thorough. Anyway, the body seems relatively the same as the rest of them. 
propped in a chair with his neck sliced. Although it doesn't seem like he was doing anything in the chair. Notebook or newspaper. So he was just sitting there? Yes. Like a creep? Apparently. Doesn't make any conceivable sense, though. It was nighttime. Either he would be doing something here, or he'd be in bed. Unless he was mentally unsound, but then we'd have different issues. Well, there is blood all along the floor here to the victim. Although some of it is moved around, like someone tried to quickly clean it up. I think he was dragged over here. See, along the floor. Oh, you're right. I was too focused on the body. Good job, Shepard. Now we know that this is the only body of the three we found that was moved to the chair, not already sitting there. But why move him? That is the question. Why move him? Look, the blood splat on the floor near the bed. It looks like it was cut off unnaturally, like something blocked it from getting completely on the floor. That probably happened because the blanket from the bed was draped over the side. Sometimes covers shift. Blanket? What blanket? There's only a mattress. What? Stone looks up from the body to the bed. Oh my, that's what was wrong with the room. The bed had been stripped of its blankets. It seems the murderer did not want us to know that the bed was the place of the murder. I assume that because why else would you get rid of the sheets? Unless they had blood on them and wiped down the floor. Or at least try to. And look, the sun has a jacket on as well. Hardly bed attire. That means something is off with the body as well. Stone starts taking off the man's jacket and shirt. What are you doing? Checking the man's chest for... Ah, there it is. What? Stab wounds. He was stabbed first. I think that's what actually killed him. Looks like the same weapon used for the throat cutting was used for his stab wounds too. The diameter of the cuts are the same. Why was he stabbed? Probably because the murder was instigated beforehand. Or they couldn't effectively slit his throat while he was in bed. So the murderer masked the real crime scene and the stab wounds because... Mm-hmm. They wanted to put on a show that revolved around the infamous fictional serial killer. Sweeney Todd. Jeez. That's a lot of effort to go through. Well, they didn't want the crime to be explainable. Especially if people were easily swayed by apparitions and fairy tales. It's hard to be an effective serial killer unless you have a way to get away with it easily, or a patsy. In this case, they used a patsy. And I feel like the only reason to use a patsy is if the victims were targeted specifically, not just random victims of a deranged killer. And that makes much more sense, seeing as how the only people murdered were the men in the Banks family. So this murderer has to be related to the family in some way. That's what I'm thinking. Let's keep looking around, though. I don't think we found everything yet. Yes. You still need to find the page from the book, and I haven't checked this end table yet. And that closet looks mighty suspicious. Shepard goes back to looking around the room as Stone turns back to the body. Shepard checks the end table as Stone looks around. I'm not seeing a page from the book. Are you sure? Yes. Wait. Oh, it's in the jacket he was wearing. What's it say? You will sleep at night here. See and hear much. But if you affair, I'll cut your throat. Hmm. The murderer certainly has a knack for dramatics, hmm? But look at what I found over here, Stone. What did you find? I found a napkin inside of the ink table with a lipstick kiss and a name on it. And a set of initials. What are those? Tina Red and L.A. That weirdly sounds like a brothel. Yes, I believe it's London's Angels. Well then, we should also have a talk with Tina Red after we talk to the others and see the last body. Wait, how would you know the name of a brothel? Or that it even was one. Ah, uh, I have to know my town, Stone. Besides, I know a few of my men have gone there. They talk about it when they think no one is listening. Brothels are sketchy business and tend to be little known or unknown. 
So yes, it is suspicious that I would know, but I promise, I would never go or do such a thing as that. Okay, I know. I believe you. And very eloquently put, I might add. Uh, anyways, uh, <clears throat> let's take a look at that closet, hmm? Stone nods as Shepard opens the closet. Bloody covers come tumbling out of it. So, this is where the murderer put them. Seems like it. They couldn't risk taking it with them or throwing it out the window. This was the most logical choice. We were lucky enough to notice the lack of covers and the lack of properly cleaned evidence. Yes, good thing. Is that all? Yes. I think we found everything we can in this room. We should go back to the uncle's house to take a look at the body and then question the suspects. And after that, we go see Miss Red. Yes. Come on, then. Stone and Shepard leave the house. Dan Banks comes down the stairs to Charles and the police officer. So my sister told me to come down here to talk to you guys. Is this about the murders? Are you going to find the killer? Yes. We just have some questions. Whoa. You're with the police? Yes, I am. Whoa, that's so cool. Like, so like, did you get a gun? Unfortunately, no. But I'm working on it. <gasps> awesome! Um, excuse me. This is not what we are here for. Dan, where were you when they were all killed? I was at a friend's house, actually. Yeah, he lives a while away, so we don't get to see each other that often, but I got to spend the night. It was really fun until I got here and I was told that my brother and father were murdered, and my grandfather and uncle, and I can't believe this happened. I I loved my brother and father. Are you going to cry? It's okay to cry, you know. Men never cry. My father was a real London man, and he told me that there are two things in life a man should never do. Anger your mother, or cry. I'm sad, but I won't cry. Did anybody know you were going to the friend's house? Well, yeah. I told my mother, and my sister was with her at the time, so she knew. But that's the only person I needed to tell. My father doesn't really care as long as I'm polite, and I'm not gone for more than a day. Do you have any idea who the killer could be? Not really. To, to be honest, everyone loved our family. I, I think we are nice, wholesome people. I couldn't see anyone getting mad enough at us to kill. Must be some deranged killer who has it out for the men. Does that mean that if I was here, then I, I would have been killed too? You have a point. You are a man. I bet you would have. If they went out of their way to kill every man, they would have wanted to kill you. Well, I'm glad you weren't killed. We have enough of body count today. You're telling me... This is the absolute worst. Did you go home before you were rounded up here? I got home just as the police were leaving the house with my mother and our butler. I was carted along with them. So you didn't notice anything about the bodies or the crime scene? How could I? I was never there for any of them. Besides, I don't think I would have wanted to anyway. My dad and brother were strong London men. I don't want my last few of them to be dead and taken over by some lunatic with a weapon. I'll remember them. For how they were. Well, that's a charming way to put it. Indeed. How old are you, son? Thirteen. Is there anything else you need? No. Not unless you've got anything else to say. Now that you mention it, I think Daisy would like to know that her fiancé has been killed. My brother was going to marry her. I didn't see her in the room we were being kept in for questions, but I think she ought to be here. She's as much a member of the family as any of us. Right. Your sister mentioned that as well. Really? That's smart for someone like her. My thoughts exactly. The two boys high-five. Boys. Really? I think we could be great friends. What did you say your name was? Charlie. 
A young policeman named Charlie. Ha! You learn something great every day. I'll catch you sometime. Okay, cool. You can go back now, Dan. Dan nods and leaves. Wow. I'm going to be friends with a 13-year-old. I'm practically famous. Wait till I tell Bonnie. Right. Let's go to the uncle's body, huh? Mom did say to go there once we were done. Where is it? In the living room. Follow me. The two go off to the living room as Stone and Shepard come in through the door and follow. You two are done questioning the kids? Yes, we are, ma'am. This is what they know. The police officer explained everything to them. I was wondering why the boy got spared. Yes, that makes sense, actually. And their accounts were quite useful. While we go look at the body, I think you should go get Miss Daisy Kitts and bring her back here for questioning. Yes, sir. I'll bring her back quickly. He runs off. So you were mean to that little girl? She was too. She started it. That's what they all say. Well, she did. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go look at the body, all right? The three enter the living room to look at the body. I don't see any blood trails. I think it's safe to say he died on this chair. Yeah. I also see a book in his lap. Was he reading? Do all the bloody men in this family read through all hours of the night? It's not like you don't read a lot too, Mum. Yes, but at least I go to bed at a reasonable time. Well, aside from that, do you see anything else worth mentioning? The page from Sweeney Todd is right here. There doesn't seem to be any other things that catch my eye. His neck was slit, and he was sitting here reading. We are definitely going to have to ask about that. But go ahead, read the page. It says, Sweeney Todd is a murderer. I'm quite certain of it. The rest is blotted out as before. The murderer really wants to push the fact that they're Sweeney Todd. Uh, who is Sweeney Todd? A serial killer barber who made people eat who he killed. He's fictional, though. I'll have you read the book later. It's a light read. Uh, that's not exactly what I'd call a light read, Stone. Or a book for children. He'd have nightmares for weeks. I think I'll wait on that book, Mum. If he hasn't gotten nightmares yet, I hardly think he's going to get it from some book. What we do here is real, and definitely nightmare-worthy. I suppose that's true. Anyway, we're done here. It's time to question the suspects. What are you guys going to be asking them? You know, the usual stuff. Names, how they relate to the dead, where they were at the time of the murders, any motives, and any information they can give us. I think that's it. I also want to ask them why the men of the house seem to read late at night, or if they know anything about the brothel. Okay, so then we're just waiting for Mr. Rowan. No, no, you don't have to wait. I'm here and I brought back Daisy Kitts. She's upstairs with the other suspects. Okay, wonderful. Now, Shepard and I are going to question the adults. I need you and Charlie to question the kids again with the new questions we have. I don't think they did it, but I think we can glean some more information that way. You mean question about the books and the brothel? Yes. I think you two can also question the grandmother, Sally Banks as well. I know that she can barely walk and is pushing 70. We can leave her in your capable hands. Why will we question them? Because I assume that you will take the family room, right? You can question them in the kitchen. But make sure you ask all of the questions to the grandmother. We will tell Sally Banks to come to you first. Yes, ma'am. Come on, Charlie. See you, Mom, Chief! The two go to the kitchen. Stone and Shepard go up to where the suspects are being held. Hello, Banks. We've come here to question you now. We will do so in the family room. Finally, we've been waiting forever. Yes, we apologize about the wait, but these things take time. Sally Banks, please go to the kitchen to be questioned and then Tammy Banks will come with us. Sally Banks goes to the kitchen and Tammy Banks follows Stone and Shepard to the family room. Okay, what can I do to help you find the dirty 
wretched snake who murdered my, my son, husband, and family. We appreciate the enthusiasm, Miss Banks, but just relax. Our first question is how you relate to the dead men of the family. Obviously, my son is Rockford and my husband is Garford. You know, the two youngest men. I married into the family. In fact, the Banks had no female children. My mother-in-law was the first female in the family. I was the second. Daisy Kit would have been the third if my son had lived long enough. My father-in-law was Timothy Banks, and my brother-in-law is Ferris Banks. He never married. Well, that's certainly interesting. Where were you at the time of the murder? In my bedroom on the upstairs floor of my house. I didn't hear anything, if that's what you're trying to ask. The only reason I got out of bed and happened to see what was going on is because I needed to go to the lavatory. The one in our bedroom had stopped working a while ago, so I was forced to go outside. That's when I saw someone sneak out of the window, all dressed in black with white hair, like a ghost. Then I went downstairs and... and... Yes, your husband and son was dead. Then I found a policeman, the rest you know. Yes, that we do know. Do you know anyone who would want to do this? No, I don't. I couldn't think of a soul that would want to hurt our family. The Manx are beloved members of the community. There's no one who would want to hurt us. All right, then. Do you know why your husband was reading into the night? And the other men of the household as well? Yes, it was something the men always did at night. I asked why, and my husband simply said that generation after generation, they were told that the best time to read is when you're ready to go to sleep, but not wanting time to be wasted. This way, you're still doing something useful, but not something that would require hard work. I suppose it's just a habit they grew into and kept. So you never tried to read with him? Once, but I fell asleep before we even started. When I'm tired, I'm tired. And I don't particularly care to read at night. Besides, he seemed to like it more when he was alone with his thoughts. I see. And I suppose all of the men in this house shared his sentiments. I don't know. I didn't bother to ask. But I do know that my husband was teaching both of our sons the same habit. I don't know why he didn't try it with Winry. But I suppose she didn't find any interest in it. Strange. Oh, by the way, do you happen to know anything about London's angels? Is that a bakery or something? I'm afraid not. Then what is it? I'm sorry, I don't know what that is at all. I can't give you directions if that's what we wanted. Heavens no! That's all we have for questions, Mrs. Banks. Can you send in Gerald Fuller, please? Yes, ma'am. Tammy Banks leaves to go get Fuller. She's not the killer. At least, I don't believe she could have done it. Yes, and for a number of reasons. But the most clearing evidence is the fact that she was with the police officer after the first two murders. Essentially... She had an alibi. She could have had an accomplice, but that would mean that all four murders had to be exactly the same and doing that between two or more people would be near impossible. Plus, she would have had to change out of her clothes that she killed with before going to the police officer. And why get the police in the first place before the murders were done? My thoughts exactly, Shepard. And for that, I believe we can cut out Winry, Dan, Tammy and Sally off of the list of suspects. You think the butler or fiancé did it? Or the wench from the brothel. They had the means to do it, and the ability. The butler didn't seem to be above 40 years old, still pretty spry and fit, and I'm sure the fiancé or the wench could do it as well. Also, both the wench and the fiancé had motive, since they were both in the relationship, with one of them deceased. That makes sense. But let's not judge before we talk to the three. Of course not, Shepard. Howdy, y'all, and happy Valentine's Day from Fastener Boys, (laughs) your hometown Velcro supplier. We've got big news for all you honeydews out there. For a limited time, we are offering a new sweetheart handbag utilizing our specialty patented Fastener Boys Velcro technology. (laughs) Our handbags are light, spacious, and easy to use. Not to mention the specialty security feature 
Thanks to our patented fastener boys, Velcro, <laughs> you won't ever have to worry about a thief sneaking into your purse again. The signature sound from our Stronghold Fastener Boys Velcro <laughs> will alert you to any pickpocket trying to slip into your purse. So come on by today and pick up a new sweetheart handbag from Fastener Boys. <laughs> Again, folks, it's your favorite soap brand, Sophie's Soap Suds. This month, we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of cleaning everything we can get our suds on. We also have some exciting news. Sophie's Soap Suds is a proud sponsor of Stone Cold Mysteries and will be selling a brand new solution, including a Sophie sponge to clean with. The new solution has an active chemical that shines red on hard-to-see dirty surfaces. It will not stain, only help clean. So get yourself a bottle of Sophie Soap Suds Red Edition and listen to your favorite show of Stone Cold Mysteries when you clean. Cleaning is made fun and amazing with your favorite brand of soap, Sophie Soap Suds. That's right, folks. Be smart by cleaning smart. When all other soaps are duds, try Sophie Soap Suds. Sally Banks has made her way to the kitchen to the police officer and Charlie. Hello, boys. I was told to come in here by another young man and his wife. Where did you get the wife idea from? Um, no. Stone isn't Chief Shepherd's wife. They just work together. But that doesn't matter. Please come and sit. We have a few questions. Certainly, dear. What do you wish to know? Well, first off, we'd like to know who you are related to in the family. <sighs> 
I married Timothy Banks, so I'm the grandmother in the family. I married into the Banks family, the first woman in the line of living relatives. I see. Where were you the night of the murder? I was in my bedroom sleeping. I'm not as strong as my husband to be able to stay up late, and once I'm asleep, I'm out for the rest of the night. I'm a very heavy sleeper. I woke up the next day to police pounding on our door and my dead husband in the living room. And then knowing that my two sons and my grandson had also been killed? This has been a very sad day for the Banks. Yeah, it is. The men in your family might be cursed. That's a little insensitive, don't you think? It's not exactly a false statement. The men were the only ones killed. The murderer had a perfect opportunity to kill me since I was fast asleep, but instead they went for my husband and the other man? Who weren't easy targets at all since they were awake and reading. That is actually a good point. They went out of their own way for the difficult targets, and only the difficult targets. That must mean something. Maybe the murderer knows something about the men that we don't. Their own motive for revenge. Maybe. Do you know anyone who would have motive to kill the men? I wouldn't have the slightest idea. It seemed that our family was in the good graces with everyone. I mean... Every family has a secret, and I know the men of this family had some that they kept from everyone, even their loved ones. But is that really a reason to kill? Anything is a reason to kill if someone deems it to be, Mrs. Banks. You said the men have secrets. Yes. I noticed my husband having some suspicious things here and there, but he said it was in the interest of business, and if he told anyone, he would come to ruin— I trust him. Was one of those secrets the reason the men stayed up late at night to read? Oh, no. The men in this family just like to read at night because it is a habit they picked up from generation to generation. A way to bide their time when they couldn't sleep. My husband said that the best way to sleep is after a good book or a peek in the newspaper, so he always kept his reading before bed. He also liked to partake in that alone, so I let him be at night. Anyway, I don't enjoy late-night adventures, nor can I stay up, so it doesn't bother me. So all the men in the house do it because of that reason? That's the conclusion I came to. Last question. Do you know anything about London's angels? I heard through the grapevine that it was some sort of brothel, but that has no place in this family, and I fail to see how that question has any use within the investigation. No one in this family partakes in a brothel. Um, yes, ma'am. I'm sure you are right. That's all the questions we have. Can you send in Winry Banks? Sure thing, dear. She leaves to go get Winry Banks. Did Stone explain why the brothel question was a valid question to ask? That's right. You went off to find Miss Kitts. Mom said that she and she found some evidence that suggested that the son was cheating on Miss Kitts with some girl named Tina Red. Oh, I see. So that might prove to be a motive. Yeah, I guess so. Gerald Fuller comes back to Stone and Shepard. Good afternoon, sir and madam. I was told that you needed to ask me some questions. Yes, Mr. Fuller. You might have some pertinent information to help solve this case. I assume I am a suspect as well. That is indeed the case. We can't rule out anyone until it's proven that they're innocent. Of course. What are these questions? First... We would like to know who you are in relation to the Banks family. Well, I am their butler. As you know, they are well off for most Brits, and I happen to be one of their investments. Not that this job is a bad thing. 
on the contrary. It's just that I don't have blood ties and I was just the one they picked to be the butler. So you like them? At this point, they are like family. I don't have much of my own and they are good people. I was also able to be around for the births of Winry and Dan Banks. Lovely children, I might add. I'm paid well and I get days off sometimes as well. And I never work at night. Good perks for a great job. I don't mind working for them. It sounds like there's a but in that sentence. Well, all families have their secrets, and I don't agree with some, but there's nothing I can do. I do need this job. And what might these secrets be? Miss Stone, if I told you or knew them, they wouldn't be secrets anymore, now would they? That is true, but secrets are a thing within a murder investigation. And if you keep anything from us, we can put you in jail. But just tell us what you know. It has something to do with the brothel, doesn't it? Exactly what I was thinking, Shepard. The jig is up, Fuller. You might as well tell us what we know before you go down with the killer. Okay, okay. You two have done this before, haven't you? You certainly know how to make men nervous. Stop stalling. <sighs> Look, I know that Master Rockford was seeing one of those women while he was engaged to Miss Kitts. He threatened that my job would be terminated if I told a soul and I just couldn't have that. I love this family and my job. How did you figure out that he was cheating? <laughs> that was less than savory. I walked in on him and the girl while they were having uh, relations. The master asked me to grab his new suit and then drop it off in his quarters. It took a little longer than I expected, so I came home around 10pm with his suit to give to him. I thought he would be upset if I waited until the next day, so I made the point to drop them off that night. I assumed everyone would be reading or asleep, and Miss Kit's carriage was gone, so I knocked lightly on his door. He didn't answer, so I went in to drop off the clothes. I opened the door, and there they were, a giggling wench and an unapologetic man. He didn't even try to hide it. He just told me, if you tell anyone outside of this family, or the women in this family, I'll have your job. Besides, it's your word against mine, and that's it. I promptly left once the wench looked at me and said I could join if I wanted. Well, that doesn't sound pleasant at all. What scum does that when he has a fiancé? Yes, but the thing that bothers me most is that he wasn't concerned that the men of the house knew, only the women in the outside world. I just assumed he misspoke, or he was mostly worried about reputation and Miss Kitts. He was worried about that, but I hardly think he misspoke, especially if he was unapologetic. No, I believe he was aware of what he was saying. That is strange. But where were you at the time of the murders, Mr. Fuller? Ah, it actually was my day off. I was three towns away with my wife and friends watching the horse races. It was my only day off this week, actually. I suppose it was rather lucky for the murderer that I wasn't there because I would have been awake around the spots that the men were killed. That is rather lucky. Does anyone else know the times you get off? Besides the banks and Miss Kitts, no. It's really not something you publicly announce. No, I suppose not. Do you think anyone had a motive to kill the Banks? No, not really. The Banks are the kinds of people that are loved by everyone. I know that Master Garfield, the father, was aggressive when it comes to his business, but no one can fault him for that. And have the men of the family always read late into the night? Oh, yes. My predecessor said that it has been going on for years. I asked Master Forrest, the uncle... Why it was a thing, and he told me that it's just a habit that the men in his family have cultivated over many generations. He said that his old man told him that reading made you look smart, and being able to know quotes or book names would help you in your endeavors. 
So instead of wasting time in the mornings, he read at night. Hmm, that's strange. I thought so too. Well, that's all the questions we have. You can tell Daisy Kits to come down. Yes, ma'am. Fuller leaves to go get Kits. So, what do you actually think was weird? That the father and the uncle both have different stories on why they read. The father said not to waste precious time when you could be doing something, and the uncle said it was to look smart. I noticed that too. What do you think it means? I'm not sure yet. Maybe we'll get some headway from the fiancé. Winry Banks comes back down to be questioned. Why am I back? Didn't we already do this? I'm not happy about this either. Just answer the questions. Maybe if you stop being a jerk, I will. Look, we have two new questions. Can we just get through them? Fine. Good. Winry, do you know anything about a place called London's Angels? Um, no. Is that some bakery? No, of course not. What kind of bakery is named London's Angels? Are you daft? Dumb? Why must you be so mean? My family just died and you're so mean. Wait, don't cry. Uh, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean it. Wait to go, Charlie. (laughs) Ha, you really do care. No, I'm a gentleman. And gentlemen don't make girls cry. Do you know why the men in your family read late into the night? Yeah, my brother said that all men in the family are supposed to do it. He said that father said that reading is the only way you are going to get a good wife. If the woman knew books like you did, then she would be good for you. Really? Yeah. I didn't really understand it either, but it's his issue. If he wants to believe some silly thing like that, he can. Silly? I happen to think reading is very good. You must not read. You only said that I had two questions. Is that all you wanted? Can I go? Yes. Tell your brother to come down. Yes, sir. She leaves. Did you notice that the grandmother and Winry both had different things to say about the reading? The grandmother said it was to make you sleepy, and Winry said it was a way to weed out the bad women. The dummy probably just got it wrong. Why are you so against Winry? Because she's such a know-it-all and so tall. Ah, so are you feeling inadequate? I'm tough. I'm bigger than her. I can prove it. (laughs) Wow, you really are a boy, huh? Daisy Kitts comes down to be questioned. I was told by the butler you wanted to talk to me next. Yes. I assume you gathered that your fiancé and the other men of the Banks family were murdered last night. Yes, it was truly awful. Some police officer that brought me here told me everything. Certainly took you guys long enough to tell me that my beloved was killed. We didn't know you were involved until recently. Our apologies. But now you are a suspect, so we must question you. A suspect? Are you telling me that my love has been killed by Sweeney Todd Wannabe and I'm a suspect? If it's any consolation, all the women of the household are suspects too. And the butler. How'd you know the killer was copying Sweeney Todd? Well, you know... Obviously the killer was, since they sliced throats and the police officer told me that anyway. What are the questions? Where were you at the time of the murders? Oh, I was at the tavern with some friends. We had a fun time. I stayed until around one or so. You can ask the bartender. You sound a little unsure. Well, it's not like the bartender kept an eye on me all night. Maybe he can't account for me. Do you know of anyone who would want to murder them in? I'm sure anyone with secrets has enemies. The banks put on good faces. Seemed like most liked them, but I'm sure they had enemies. Maybe they even deserved it. But not my dear Rockford. 
He was the only pure one. That's strong words coming from someone marrying into the family. When did Rockford Banks start courting you? We've been courting for about three years and engaged for six months on top of that. That's pretty long. Most people get married right after the engagement. Hmm, you would think. But he said he wanted to take me somewhere nice. He said another country when he got the money for a honeymoon. Sounds exciting. Do you happen to know why the men of the house like to read late into the night? Some habit they picked up. I noticed that they only do it after I leave at ten. I once came back to the house to grab something I forgot and needed, and I noticed that Garfield just started reading. That was around eleven. I also walked past Rockford's room, and I heard giggling, so he must have gotten into the book. And how long ago was that? About a month ago. And do you happen to know anything about a place called London's Angels? It's a brothel, isn't it? How do you know that? It's rather obvious. You hear it around, and the name is pretty conspicuous. What does that have to do with the investigation, though? It just happened to pop up. Do you ever stay past ten at Rockford's? Mm, no, Rockford never wanted me to. He said that it wasn't right for me to stay over when we weren't married. He said it would sully our relationship. I agreed because I loved him, but because of that, I've been kept pure until we were meant to wed. I suppose that will never happen. So you never had relations with him? Is that so hard to believe? He said it was wrong. That's surprising, actually. Do you have any other information for us, though? None that I can think of. Did you make sure Dan was okay? I believe he was the only male left in the family. That must be hard. What happened? When he came back from his friend's house, he was pretty devastated. At first, it was weird that he was the only male left, but he was lucky he was away from home. Very. I haven't gotten to talk to him yet due to this whole ordeal, but I'm sure he and Winry will need some comfort. Thank you, and please find the killer. Right. You can go now, Miss Kitts. She nods and leaves. She seemed funny to me. Yes. She struck me in an odd way too. Hmm. Let's go see if Charlie and Officer Rowan is done with questioning. The two leave. Dan Banks comes down to be questioned. Why am I being questioned again? And Winry too. Is this what you guys do? No, we just have some new questions to ask. Okay, what questions? Do you know anything about London's Angels? Sure, it's a brothel. That's what my brother told me. He said, once you get older, you'll learn about Red. But you might as well know now. Red? Some code name is what I gathered. Is that all? All that you two need to know. Okay, do you know why the men in the house read late into the night? Yeah, but it's a secret. You can't withhold information from the police. Yeah, well, I'll get in trouble. My father and brother may be dead, but I've still got to live with myself. Let's just say good things come for those who wait and trick their wives into going to sleep. My father said that a man is measured by his ability to juggle life and pleasure, and the risk is invigorating. What is that supposed to mean? Are you trying to mess up the investigation? No, he just doesn't want to tell a trade secret between the men of the family. But I believe I figured out why the men read. Were both Winry's and Sally Banks' answers different? Yes, they were. Officer Rowan relayed what they said. So every one of the answers were different. Yes, and I know why. What else did you figure out? Officer Rowan and Charles relay all of the information between their suspects. It all makes sense now. I'm gathering you solved the case, but I believe I know who did it as well. But I still don't know the trade secret or why. Once you know the trade secret, Shepard, everything falls into place. 
Let's go nab the killer, shall we? Here we end the 14th episode of Stone Cold Mysteries with a challenge. Find the killer. Were you paying attention? You now have all the tools to solve the murder. Message us on Facebook at 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio or tweet us at Cougar Radio WCUG with the killer, the motive, and the how. Tune in next time to hear the solution and to listen to another Stone Cold Mysteries.